Today's topic is the placebo effect and healing in dreams. I've seen some articles over the last several years, more and more, exploring the placebo effect and the role of belief or faith, religious belief and spiritual belief or faith in healing people recovering from illnesses and just more explanation or exploration around placebo effect and like what's the deal what's going on here what's going on in people's brains what's going on blah 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 and the things and I can speak from some personal experience as someone who has been in the medical establishment for many many years with chronic issues that didn't respond to treatment as well as my own experimentation and exploration with less mainstream healing modalities and all the things I have some experience with doctors and healthcare professionals and just the general disdain within the medical establishment around belief and potential results that can come from belief. And that's always irked me. That's always toasted my muffins because it's like, who cares how someone gets better, basically? If their illness improves, so what if it was a flower pill or real medication? Now. I know the opposing arguments to that. I'm not gonna head into the weeds with that right now. So, you know, calm your tatas, Brad. I'm not anti-science. If anything, I'm fangirl, (laughs) right? I was gonna talk about Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park today when he was that ultra-sexy scientist. And honestly, ultra-sexy scientist is goals for everyone, in my opinion, okay? So I'm going to tell a little bit of a story here about my own experience with what could be called the placebo effect. It didn't involve a flower pill, but it did involve a healing in a dream. And this is before I knew much about ancestors. I didn't know anything, actually. I had no clue about my calling. I didn't know about how ancestors work in dreams. I didn't know about healing and, and all that stuff. I was just newly brain injured and was struggling with side effects and symptoms of brain injury and not getting a lot of help from the doctors and whatnot that I had access to at the time. And so I had started to consult with a neurologist and it was before I think my first appointment, it was before the first appointment. Uh, I had a dream one night. It was notable because I was not dreaming. (laughs) I had always been a dreamer since I was in diapers. I can remember dreams from then. I've talked about this stuff before, but with brain injury, um, it can really stop someone from remembering their dreams for a long period of time. So I had that going on and I'd had one symptom that was really debilitating was vertigo and dizziness 
and to such an extent that I couldn't, sometimes I couldn't stand up and walk. And, um, it was really bad. <laughs> and I just wanted to be able to sit up and stand up and walk, right? So I had this dream one night where I went to a doctor. He was a neurologist and it was Larry David. I'm a fan of Larry David, but I don't dream about celebrities or actors. I, that that's that's kind of more of a longer story about how ancestors can appear and what types of ancestors sometimes show up with um, famous people. Anyway, I won't get into it. But so here was this doctor, and he was Larry David, and he took x-rays of my skull and my brain, imaging, like kind of x-rays, other maybe like MRI. And so I'm in this doctor's office with him, and he's showing me parts inside my skull where in the dream they were very dark black blobs on my brain. And he said, we need to release this like air or energy or I don't know, um, this, we have to drain this out of your, your brain. So he drilled holes into my skull, like surgery. We did this surgery and he was able to release some of this stuff from inside my skull. And so that was the dream that was part of it. I won't go into more details, but over the course of the next couple of weeks or a few weeks after I had that dream, the dizziness that had not responded to anything else. Actually, no, I had been seeing the neurologist and he had prescribed a medication for me. And it's very rudimentary medication for the, the type of vertigo that results from brain injury. And that's basically Dramamine. That's really all they've got. The, the stuff that they have to help brain injury and treat brain injury, I think it's improved over the last number of years. But this was 20, 2016. And uh, so all he had was the Dramamine. And it really it wasn't helping much. And I recall him saying at the appointment that if I was having really bad vertigo as long after, like it was over six months since my brain injury, and usually a lot of those symptoms are supposed to, air quotes, resolve on their own within, you know, weeks or months. And because I was still having those symptoms, he thought that maybe I'd have to struggle with it for the rest of my life. So I had this dream, um, and I started feeling better. And the dizziness markedly started to go away. I was no longer taking the medication. It had side effects like dry mouth and whatnot. Probably constipation. Like, it's just gnarly. Um, but I started feeling better. And I remember at a follow-up appointment with him, I told him about the dream. And I recall just this sort of dismissive attitude, like, oh, that's cool. You know, we don't really know about, I think he might have said something about placebo effect or belief or subconscious, psychological, whatever. But it was very, like, dismissive. And like I said, I didn't know anything about ancestors or my calling or healing at the time. Um, but 
it is one experience that I can draw on and talk about right here and now that relates to spiritual healing, air quotes, which you could call spiritual healing, and recovery from a chronic health issue. And in my experience now over these last years, I have seen that a lot of it can and will arrive, help and healing can arrive through dreams. If someone is open and prepared to receive that kind of help and healing in dreams for their health issues. Here's the catch 22 though about that I've just seen through my own life experience especially like in the Christian church and stuff, but also in the New Age marketplace. Spiritual healing, spiritual faith and belief that can lead someone to healing, it, it gets slippery really, really quick. It's like a catch-22. Lots of us are trained since birth in entitlement that's been dressed up as faith. Or we have lots of examples growing up of someone desperately expecting and forcing healing to come to them also dressed up as faith or spiritual belief. And that doesn't really work. It doesn't work. What I have seen about healing in, in a, a spiritual form, in a spiritual way, it's about being or abiding in a state of receiving. And it's about receiving whatever grace will visit you. However help comes, it's grace. And it's about receiving it, not struggling to get it or forcing it or making it happen. And it it can visit someone in dreams, but in all sorts of other ways. You don't get to say how it comes. You don't get to control in what form it arrives. You just abide in receiving. And in that receiving, you acknowledge that it's grace. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's freely given unconditionally. And that's, I guess, a whole other topic. But there are things that people can do more so it's about letting go of stuff rather than doing new things, but that helps someone to be in a state of receiving that kind of grace. And some of those things that you can do that helps to let go of stuff that can clog up the pathways to receiving healing grace. I've talked about some things like cleansing, clearing out the clutter that clogs up the communication pathways. That was kind of an alliteration, wasn't it? Uh, anyway, <laughs> another another thing that's, that someone can do, which is, again, less about doing and more about letting go of stuff, is listening deeply. Listening deeply, closing your mouth, Getting quiet, calming and stilling your, our, my, chatter, speed monkey, addicted mind. And instead opening your spiritual ears and eyes. And just being open to whatever information about your healing that comes through. Whatever comes through in your dreams. Because 
a lot of it is you're going to have to do some homework. You're going to have to do work on your behalf. We, we're so entitled to receiving gifts that are wrapped up and we don't have to do anything about it. Again, that's not something that, that, usually, that usually comes through. Um, so really, it's about being open to whatever comes through and, and doing work on your own behalf. Another, um, well, so for example, information that comes through dreams that is showing up to help you help yourself in ways that the medical establishment or what you would expect to receive as, as information to help your healing. Uh, a lot of the information that comes through is, is plants. It's, it's showing you in your dreams plants that could be really helpful for your specific issue. Uh, another way that information about your healing can come through in dreams, but also in waking life, is animals, what some people might call a totem animal or a, a spirit animal. I, I don't use those terms or phrases because um, when an animal comes to us in a dream or otherwise, we'll immediately jump to, hey, animal, how can you help me? <laughs> but no, we, we should probably try to shift that a little towards how can I help that ancestor that's showing and showing up into my dreams or wherever in the form of an animal consider that your relation your ancestor um and and in dreams actually in the the training that i've been involved with when an animal shows up in a dream it can it can represent or be an actual ancestor that that you're connected with in your lineages and so instead of being like, oh, what can you do for me? Like, what can you do for that, that animal, that ancestor? Um, here, I also, maybe this is helpful, maybe it's not. It definitely has been helpful for me in my own healing of chronic stuff that was never going to go away. It just wasn't. A lot of times, we'll talk about you know, if you want and need to receive grace, healing, whatever, um, what you're really talking about is is wanting to receive more abundance. And we'll talk about how receiving more abundance is about an attitude of gratitude. This can be tough. This can be tough for a lot of people, an attitude of gratitude for a few reasons. One being that we have blinders on. We're trained with and conditioned with. This isn't a, a failure or a sin. We're trained with blinders. And we don't see. We're, when we're told to practice gratitude, we usually just look at what's right in front of us or really what isn't right in front of us like how can I be grateful I have nothing you know that kind of a thing um and and so when someone tells you well you need to be grateful it can really be a clash of egos and wills because it's like I don't see what are you talking about what is there to be grateful for um but here 
is 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 a good place to stop and 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 go deeper for a lot of us we don't realize how abundant we are especially here in the global north this does not in any way shape or form negate someone's lack someone's lack of accessibility this does not negate struggle it does not negate systemic oppression that is real so instead of jumping right to whatever reaction we might have when we when we hear someone say let's explore abundance a little bit more and maybe take our blinders off what i'm saying is it helps to zoom out and take a bigger picture view and that can involve looking back zooming out and looking back a bit not that far back in the grand scheme of earth's history or human history if you want to look at it from that perspective but first of all we don't know how abundant these lands were the lands that we live on if we're talking about so-called north america whatever how abundant these lands were prior to industrialization or prior to the long process of colonization. And there, you know, we should get more nuanced and interested in in how history actually played out, different perspectives, not just a European perspective, all those things. But I just want to say here that I have read some accounts by indigenous people of the kind of abundance that existed on these lands prior to industrialization. And I have also had the great good fortune of having some dreams where I'm shown what things were like on this land that I live on prior to industrialization or the process of colonization. Life was drowning in life. There was so much life. It was cacophony of life and the sounds it all makes. It was inundation of life. There was so much here. There was so much. And so, yeah, no, not so much anymore. But there is way more surrounding us than we tend to realize. Still, even after all the destruction, all the industrial machine, hungry ghost, that has eaten up so much, there is still, still, still so much just outside a lot of our houses. Not, not everyone, it's not everyone, but for a lot of us, we are still, maybe not so much drowning in life like it used to be, but very much waiting like up to our knees or shins, metaphorically speaking, in abundance and life. 
And just to take one teeny tiny slice of an example, just what we call weeds growing outside of our houses or wherever you live. A lot of those weeds, most of them, many of them, are loaded with nutrition and medicinal properties far more so than what is sold at really high prices, especially with inflation in our grocery stores. Surrounded by abundant sources of food. And that's a teeny tiny limited example. But I just, I wanna dwell on that because we're talking about not seeing abundance. And if you can't see abundance that you already have, it can be really tough to scratch up and force yourself to be grateful. There are medicines and foods surrounding us that go so far beyond in potency and nutrition what any high-end bougie health whole foods store or bougie like herbal apothecary or whatever could ever manage to extract and sell. There's so much more outside so many of our doors. So our idea of abundance is really limited. And in that state, it's hard to be grateful when you only focus on what you've been trained to see as abundance or wealth. You and I might very well be struggling and failing according to society's standards, but at the same time, you and I might be more abundant than we currently realize. That's the point I'm trying to get at. Um, So I don't really know how I got from placebo pills to healing and dreams to foraging your own food so you don't have to like go to Whole Foods and realize that you don't have enough money in your account. But I just want to make a quick end note here. (laughs) I get from Larry David to eating weeds. I have to feel like if Larry David ever heard this, he would probably be kind of cool with it. I would hope so. I would hope he's laughing too if he if he heard it. Uh, just a quick end note about using foraging as an example that I'm making here to point out how skewed our views of abundance really are. Um, it's a great example, but of course there's nuance. And I urge people to learn more about plants and foraging from authentic and experienced and grounded teachers. Grounded. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but I, I really, I urge people to go deeper into learning from professionals who uh, can talk more about that nuance around foraging. And I do have a growing list of resources on um, a resource page on my website. Okay, I think I'm going to wrap it up this was fun for me. I hope it was fun for you. And as always, if you listened this far, thank you. I really appreciate people listening and hearing me. 
that's a big part of my own healing too. I'm not gonna deny it. Okay, thanks. Bye!